Grab your Bibles, grab any electronic device in which you have a Bible app on, hold it up high, and if you're watching online, do the same thing. This is my Bible, the Word of God, and inside, God tells me the plans he has for my life. He tells me how much he loves me, even when this world tells me that I am not lovable and I shall be all that God desires for me to be because his Holy Spirit dwells inside of me and this I proclaim in Jesus name amen amen if you would turn your attention to the gospel of John chapter 14 the Gospel of John, chapter 14. As you turn there, I would like to encourage you, if you are visiting for the first time, second time, or uh, more, than, more than two times, uh, if you're watching online, uh, if you are visiting and have not yet made a, um, uh, a determination of where you want to rest uh, as, as far as your church home, or if you want to know more about the Church, I want to encourage you to join us next week on the 14th, immediately following the service for Be Our Guest. Uh, it's located downstairs, and, uh, and you will smell the food immediately uh, as you walk out the door next week. So join us next week, immediately following the service. Um, it's less than an hour, but we would love to have the opportunity to get to know you and for you to get to know us. I also want to encourage you to be in prayer and we're gonna be bringing things to you at an earlier time. Be in prayer already for fall festival as well as for VBS. And yes, they're much further down the road, but they are much closer than you think they are. And for us to get to uh, where we're going and the things that God has in mind for us, we're gonna, we're gonna have to uh, get to move, okay? Uh, in layman terms, we, we're going to have to move and move more aggressively and more fiercely uh, to combat uh, all of this foolishness in the world. All right? So, Gospel of John. And uh, you, all, you all know who John hang out with, right? So you're there. So we're in John 14. We're going to focus on verse 6. Um, but I am going to start reading at verse 1, and uh, I, I will probably stop at about verse 9 just to give some context to verse 6. So if you would, uh, in fact, I'm just going to read up to verse 6 from, from verse 1. But beginning in verse 1, chapter 14, Gospel of John, it says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you because I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you also will be. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'll read verse six again. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We're going to talk for just a short while on only Jesus and Jesus only. Only Jesus and Jesus only. I'm going to share this uh, verse, verse 6, again in just a moment. I'll, you probably hear me read that verse multiple times during this message. Uh, if you don't mind, after a few times of me reading it out loud, would you read it yourself? Uh, before you walk out of the door today, would you mind being able to at least read this verse 
to yourself as you go out the door. The chances of you being able to share this verse with someone else is going to be highly increased if you can share this verse with yourself. Uh, before you get to your car, can you share this verse with yourself? If you get in the car with someone else, can you both look at each other? And before you discuss anything else, just say this particular verse in verse 6. The reason why I'm emphasizing this is that I want us as a church to be able to hold on to Scripture like Scripture holds on to us. I want us to hold on to the Word like the Word, who is Jesus, holds on to us. I want you to hold on to it because you need to regurgitate this at different times in your and my life so that you and I can live it out, but also so that when we are explaining things to people and as believers, we ought to be explaining, sharing the gospel with the world. Now, which brings us to this, and do not raise your hand. How many people and you're only responsible or accountable for yourself. And don't raise your hand. Don't even blink your eyes at me. How many of you shared the gospel with someone in 2023? Some won't pass that test. But how many people shared the gospel with someone since we came into 2020 to today? How many people shared the gospel with someone in the last decade, in 10 years, the last 10 years, going back to 2014? If you recall at one time, the world became afraid that the clock was going to switch over to 2000 and the world was going to end. And everyone was panicking. And I remember people buying bread and different things and all that kind of stuff because they said the world's going to end. And I was like, it's kind of stupid. If you think it's going to end, you won't need bread. You know, I'm just saying, what, you, what, 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 what? I mean, wonder bread is not going to do a wonder for you. I'm just saying. I, I didn't understand. But if throughout 1999, you were one of those persons that was panicking or you were around someone who was panicking, how many of you shared the gospel with that person who was panicking about being ready when the day Jesus does return? How many have shared the gospel since that time frame? How many have shared the gospel with someone since they have been changed by Jesus themselves. And why not? Especially when we know that Jesus and Jesus only is the way, the truth, and the life. So let's look at this passage. Just, just walk with me uh, for just a little while. See, here you have two of the most remarkable statements uh, that Jesus ever spoke. And they can be broken down in two lines or you can break them down in even four categories, three to four categories. But I am the way, the truth, and the life, 14.6. No one comes to the Father except through me. And these are very important uh, statements that Jesus is making with his disciples because Jesus is preparing them for his impending death. He, he, he's going to be on the earth just for a few hours. Uh, uh, it's, it's between 24 and 48 hours here. And uh, Jesus gave this statement as he was prompted by Thomas and Philip, which, of course, Jesus being God, knew the question that would be asked of him. And Jesus' statement is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, let's just start with the first thing Jesus said. Jesus said that, I am the way. I am the way. And then you attach that to no one comes to the Father except through me. And he makes that statement, I am the way there in 14.6a. And uh, there, Jesus is stating that he and he alone is the exclusive way 
to the Father. He is speaking of the exclusivity that is only found in him. He is stating that and making a claim that if you want access to the Father, you will have to come not only to me, but through me. Oh, now listen, that, that's, that's a big difference now. Uh, it's not just to him, because to him is he may point you somewhere. But through me, he says you have to come to me and through me. And there are many passages to, throughout the Bible that actually uh, align with this statement that Jesus is making. In fact, one is in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and it states in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Peter says this. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no, no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus' claim of exclusivity in the path to God's presence. That's what Jesus is claiming. And we live in a pluralistic world. Pe people want to have it many ways and different ways. You know, as uh, I was sharing with um, the my 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 Bible study class on Wednesday, uh, uh, the uh, time I was at a Chinese restaurant, me and another pastor friend of mine, we were sitting there some years ago, and um, and and here they got this buffet, this bar, and he he enjoyed eating there, and uh, and I would uh, I started to question one day. I said, "Now this is a Chinese buffet." But over there, they got tacos. That's fried chicken. Over there. And as I started to look, listen, they even had hamburgers. But they say they're a Chinese restaurant. I, can't, I couldn't even pronounce the name on the name of the restaurant, so uh, we just called it a hot and cold place. But they, but they had all kind of foods uh, that came from other countries. And the reason why they started to do that was because they had people coming into the Chinese restaurant and some of them had a taste for a hamburger. Some of them had a taste for a taco or a quesadilla. But they were at a Chinese restaurant. And so the Chinese restaurant said, we must satisfy all of our people. So they started to provide a number of items. Some of you may recall several years ago, uh, you, uh, uh, the fast food joint Hardee's. Hardee's was selling burgers. Hardee's discovered that Church's Fried Chicken and Mrs. Winters and all of those other places that were around at the time, they were making money off of chicken. Hardee's started to sell fried chicken. The hamburgers disappeared. But then guess what? People weren't buying it as much. So they went back to the hamburgers. They switched back over and many people missed it. Well, here's the problem. As Christians and in churches, sometimes to make people feel better, we don't raise any concern when people start talking about all of the ways or the buffets uh, that they believe are around for them to get to God. People start to think that on this buffet, they create this buffet that they can get to the Father if I just pick up on my works, if I do some good works here. Some people on that buffet, they say, I have associations. You, you don't understand my father was a senior pastor. And you don't understand he came, his, his grandfather was a, also a pastor. And you may not know this, but my aunt, she was one of the founders. She helped planted a church. And, and, and then some people say, no, you got to understand, it's not my associations, no, nor is it my works, it's my knowledge. I know so much about the Bible. I can quote scriptures. I can break down uh, the, 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 the hermeneutical aspect of any book in the Bible when I do my study time and if I uh, choose to I can stand up in front of you homiletically and also present it well so I know me and the Father are good me and God are good and hold up didn't you see the way I dress did you not only see that I bring my Bible to church every week 
Oh, no, I don't have the NIV. I don't have the NASB. No, I don't use the ESV. I don't even use the new King James. I use the old King James that Jesus wrote, which he didn't write. I'm... A preacher, didn't you see? I don't, I don't carry a small Bible. You have a thin line Bible. Did you see my Bible? My Bible's so big, I need two people to help me bring it. Did you not see? So we start. But then there's all of these philosophies, all of these various religions, this new age stuff. And, 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 and we, we, we allow people to think that through all of these measures, that they are on a path to God. And here's the problem. They may be on a path to a God, but they are not with God. Jesus says that only through me, only by me, only from me can you have access to the Father. Jesus says that for those who think that they can sit at a buffet, the Bible says it like this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. In fact, I want you guys to listen to me carefully because each and every last one of us, though you may be sitting in a chair right now, you're also standing on a road. You're standing on a road right now. Look at me now. You're standing on a road. You may not think you're standing on a road because you're sitting in that chair. I'm telling you that right now you're standing on the road. Before this, before this worship gathering ends, in fact, if you recognize even before we get to the conclusion of this message, that you are not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, all you need to do today, just stand up. Go and stand in front of that, that, that sound box right there in front of where, those, where, where the technicians are. Stand in front of that box. Someone's going to come and grab you and share the gospel with you. They're going to walk you out the room. They're going to share the gospel with you. If you recognize that you are on this wrong road, there's two roads I'm about to tell you about. If you recognize that you are on one of these roads that I'm specifically going to mention, then listen, you don't have to wait until I invite you at the end. You get up, you go stand there. No one's going to say a word. I can promise you this. We all have been down this road, been on this road before. Someone's going to walk you out the door and share the gospel with you. Listen, I, don't even have, I didn't even set it up with anyone. You just get up. I, I know, I know that they're going to take you out and they're going to share the gospel with you. Now, listen to these roads. It's only two. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. So many people are on this wide road. They came through this wide gate and they're on this wide road. It's a popular road. It's very popular to be on this road. But there's another road. The road, the, the gate is small. And the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. You have a wide road and you have a narrow road, a wide gate to get to a wide road and a narrow gate to go a narrow way. Well, that wide road is headed towards hell, towards destruction. There are many people on this road because, as I said, it is a popular road. The other road is less traveled. Many people find it, but it is the road that leads to life. It is the road that you want to be on. At this particular time, even as we sit in this room, you are standing on one of those roads. You say, well, I have not uh, chosen a road yet. That's all right. When you were born, you were born on this wide, narrow road. I mean, this wide road, this popular road, it's a popular road. It makes people feel good. Oftentimes it sounds good what is taking place on this road. In fact, some of the people that you admire the most, they're on that road. But that narrow road, less travel, but it's the right road. It leads to life. If you recognize you're on that wide road. I pray in the name of Jesus that today you will accept Jesus Christ entering into that narrow gate 
and find that pathway. Be on that pathway, enjoying life. Well, Jesus not only talks about his exclusivity, but also the specificity of the fact that it is only in him. He's the only way. He's the only one. In fact, Acts chapter 10, verse 43 says this, of him, of him, Jesus, all of the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. If you want forgiveness, you're only going to find it in Jesus. You're only going to find it in him and you're only going to find it in him alone. Not only that, we know that Jesus is the way because it is stressed, not only in the Gospel of John, not only in the book of Matthew, Mark, or Luke, but throughout the entire Bible. In fact, there is a common thread that goes from the book of Genesis all the way to the very end of Revelation, and it's called redemption. From the day that man was created, man was created in the image of God. He was created and he had a relationship with God. God gave man a commandment and this commandment uh, was not to eat of a particular tree. And God, of course, had created uh, Adam. He also created Eve. And we know how uh, some of us, uh, in, in case you don't know, Eve, she uh, took a bite of the apple. She invited a Adam to take part in it. Adam took part in it. Uh, immediately upon doing so, um, they had sinned because God had given a commandment to Adam to not to eat of that tree. And he did so. And immediately upon disobeying God, Adam spiritually died. He spiritually died. Not only that, at that moment, Adam started to death, physical death, entered into the ranks of man. Adam started to decay, started to age. Uh, thorns were introduced. The world went dark, so to speak. His chain to having, uh, being with God for eternity that was broken because of Adam's sin. And so a chasm was created between man and God. And man became opposed to God. Man was in rebellion against God. Now, some of us say that's Adam. Well, Adam represents all of mankind. And no one in here is immune. Adam represented all of us, and because of the sin, because of Adam's rebellion, because of Adam's disobedience, sin, that corruption is imputed is in, uh, to us. You, you Listen, you and I were born and shaped in iniquity. And there's this big chasm between us and God. Well, the only way for us now to get to God is a sweet thing, sweet person that God has provided in the person of Jesus Christ, who through his life on earth, his crucifixion on the cross, his resurrection, he has given us life where we can be back in communion, in fellowship, in relationship with God the Father if we accept him. Now, there are some who believe, well, I don't have to do anything, I'm automatically going to go to heaven. No, Jesus Christ is a gift, but the gift must be received by you and I. So the gift from God has been offered to the world in the person of Jesus Christ. But those who accept Jesus Christ, when they accept him, Jesus Christ's righteousness is imputed to them and they're covered by the blood of Jesus, and therefore they enter, they are allowed into a relationship with God the Father because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not because of their own righteousness. So in other words, you might as well get up from that buffet table that I was talking about earlier, because there's only one way. There's only one way. I just want to bring us back. There's only one way. Jesus Christ is the way. You can leave that. Jesus Christ is the way, Okay. He mediates, brought us back into a relationship with the Father. But 
I, I just want you to know one more thing before I move to this next point. Some of you say, but I do believe. Some of you may say, I believed a long time. Well, got some news for you. Uh, it's not enough to believe. It's not enough. Let me tell you why. James chapter 2. Verse 19 says this, you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder, but are you willing to acknowledge, you foolish person, that faith without works is useless? In other words, you can believe that Jesus is the son of God. But how you put that to work is when you put your trust into the person who is the son of God. I trust in the fact that God has given this gift to the world. I'm going to accept this gift. This I'm going to accept the person of Jesus Christ. I believe in him, but I also put my trust in him. Now, I used to look at a lot of, I shouldn't look at, uh, action movies, horror movies, and whatnot, and, and some of it just don't make no sense. Don't make no sense. I, I can look almost at any, I can look at any kind of one of those movies and tell you now, she gonna go first, he gonna go second, he gonna go third, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, I can, I can tell you because it, it, it makes no sense, and I'm just looking at it. Listen, if you hear a strange noise, and you see something that is not of this world. You ain't seen it before. It growls at you and whatnot. You don't get closer. And you don't say, I hear a strange noise upstairs. I know I was here by myself. The house was empty when I left. I, and I no one else came in the house. I let, let me just go upstairs. Let me you don't do that. I, 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 oh, I said she gone. She she gone. <laughs> She gone, she gone. Listen, I, literally, the movie can start off. I can, you show me five people, I can give you the order. Yeah, he gone, she gone, yeah, she gone, she gone. She gone, and listen, you don't do that. You, that that's, that's not what you do. Why? If you believe something is wrong, and you think it's going to harm you, you go in the opposite direction, or you make sure you have the right equipment to deal with the situation. Because I believe something, but I also trust comes into the equation. I know that cars are powerful cars. You ever seen someone get mad and you got people in car rage and they arguing with each other and the other person get in the car and the other person in front of the car arguing. Are you stupid? You, you can't, you. Now I know some people say, let's just pray about it, but some things. <laughs> Do I have to pray? But, but you, 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 you can't beat the car. Okay. If you believe the car could hurt you, then you ought to get out the way. You, you know what I mean? It, it should cause you to do something. Well, if you believe that Jesus is the son of God and if you believe that he is the only way, he is the only way to God the Father and there's no other way, why would you not put your trust in him. Why would you not do it? Which leads me to this. Jesus Christ is the way. And because he is the way, he's also the truth. In fact, Jesus, he is the embodiment of truth. He is the embodiment of truth. John chapter 1 verse 14, it, 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 it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and of truth. This was one of those statements that affirmed his divine nature, and it was a re revelation that this was God's truth. But also, John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32, it says, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Jesus was saying, you will know me. 
Jesus is the truth. Jesus was teaching that truth is not just merely a concept. That truth is a person. Jesus is the embodiment of truth. Uh, Jesus is the embodiment of God's supreme revelation of himself. Jesus is the gracious self-disclosure of God himself. If you want to know how God is, then get to know Jesus. Uh, in, in fact, I, I like how uh, throughout the Bible you see um, various things uh, that, that make it a reality what the Apostle Paul says when he's speaking to the church at Colossae where Paul says that the image, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And, and so if you want to know what God is like, because many of us come, with, come up with these concepts or these thoughts or ideas of what God is like, well, look at, look at Jesus. Jesus, for instance, uh, in fact, some of it's so stunning that it's almost scandalous. Watch this. Jesus, he has less than 48 hours to live, but look at the mercy and the grace that he shows his disciples whom he has been walking with for three plus years. He still continues to be patient with them. That is an expression of how God is. And so if you ever thought that God had ran out of patience with you, just remember how patient that Jesus has been. Also, remember the woman who was, uh, uh, who, the, the, she, the woman who was caught, uh, she was standing by the well. Uh, she, she, she had, she had, she, pe pe listen, she was very promiscuous and, uh, and she had been with many men. But just remember this though, Jesus showed her much grace and he took up the time to not only talk with her, but he encouraged her and he gave her a new path to life. So if you think that your sins are so great, and so many people are looking down upon you and so many people have given up on you. I just want to remind you that just like that woman who was standing at the well, who, who had come to the well that no one else wanted to have any dealings with. The other women would be, uh, uh. And the other men, they shunned her. But Jesus, he spent time with her. He talked to her. He encouraged her. Well, he hasn't given up on you and I either. Think about the woman caught in adultery. Everyone wanted to persecute her. Everyone, all the people standing up, young and old, old and young. And Jesus showed much mercy and much grace. I'll give you one more example I had here. The tax collectors. Publicans. The tax collectors, they were known for raising the, the, the taxes, the prices, uh, in order to support an oppressive uh, regime that, that actually raped and murdered thousands, tens and thousands of Jews. And what did Jesus do? How did Jesus treat these tax collectors that had betrayed their own countrymen and was taking advantage of them? What did Jesus do? Jesus says, I must have supper with you. Jesus also uh, invited tax collector into his inner circle, one of his disciples. That is an expression of how God is. God can take you and me and use us to lead other people to Christ. To, to share the gospel. He can lead us to teach. Do you know that there are some people because some of us forget or have forgotten where we come from. But do you know that there are some people, uh, if you're a life group leader, small group leader, tea time leader, any type of leader in this church, do you know that there are some people from your past that you have forgotten? That if they saw what you were doing, they would actually faint. Cannot believe it. Because they picture you like you were the last time they saw you. And when they saw you, you were in the trenches with them. But now, look at you now, and that's a work of God. But sometimes it's nice when someone from the past tell you, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Because sometimes we forget how far God has brought us from. So sometimes we just need a little reminder. Do you know that there are some people wouldn't trust you with a $20 bill because of something you did 20 or 30 years ago and now you're actually managing accounts 
that deal with other people's money. You may go in people's houses and do repairs and stuff. There are some people from years ago wouldn't let you in their house. Not because you stole anything. It's just you, you, you lie. So you ain't too far from stealing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, so Jesus is the way, but he's also the truth. And truth in that Greek terminology, it means unconcealed. It means manifested. It denotes truth uh, in the sense of being real. Uh, but we live in a society where true is not true. Uh, true has become relative. It's become subjective. Uh, you have your truth. She has her truth. And they have their truth. But li listen, Jesus says, I am truth. Truth is objective. Now, some of us, we have bought into that notion. Well, let that, let that child have her truth. Oh, that's my truth. That's the way I see it. That's how it, but watch this. If, if you went to the doctor and you needed surgery and the doctor, they're going to have to perform this operation. He tells you, I think I'm going to cut here when we do the operation. But my friend, he normally likes to cut here. Now, I have some other friends, they think that the best place to cut is here. Now, over at the other hospital, they usually cut down here, but I think I'm going to cut here and let's just see how that work out because I, I, in my truth say this is the best route to go. Now, I know some of that may not connect, but next time you go to the pharmacist and you're struggling with something, and the doctor says, the pharmacist says, I'm going to prescribe this to you because I think this may be best. But the pharmacist next door, they think you should take this pill. But the pharmacist over here think you ought to take this. But I got a friend across town. They think you ought to take this pill. But what I want you to do is take this pill. Let's give it a try. Oh, now that didn't get you? Next time you get on the plane and the pilot says, you know what? I think I should press this blue button, but my engineer told me that I should press this button. But the co-pilot says that there's this other button over here that's green and that we ought to press that button. And also the flight attendant, she said we ought to press this button. But you know what? I'm just going to press this button and see what it does. So when you go to the doctor, and when you go to the pharmacist and when you get on the plane, you want them to stick with the truth. I want you to press the correct and the right button. I want you to give me the right pill. And if you're going to cut me, I don't want to be cut in the first place. I want you to cut me in the right place. So why do we want truth? And we can come to a place where we trust what the doctor said. We trust that the pharmacist gave us the right pill, and we trust that the pilot knows all the right buttons to press. Why is it that you can't trust in truth? Why is it that you can't trust in truth? Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. He is the embodiment of truth. He is truth. And he says, Truth, in John chapter 8, verse 32, will make you free. In fact, John chapter 17, verse 17 says, sanctify them in the truth, and the word is your truth. But Jesus is not only the way, he's not only the truth, but Jesus is also life. He's also life. Jesus and Jesus only offers union with God the Father through him. But the only way that you and I will embrace the fact that he provides life is if we first recognize that he is, is the only way, that Jesus is the personification. As I said earlier, he is the self God's gracious self-disclosure of himself. He is the embodiment of truth. If there ever was a picture in the dictionary of truth, Jesus would be there. In fact, 
truth and this subjective truth is crippling the church, it's crippling the world, and unfortunately, this truth leads to the fact that many people think that they are righteous because of their self-righteousness. In fact, and this is critical for us to understand this life, many of us, we seem right or feel righteous before God because we have offered up someone else's unrighteousness before God. Uh, let, let, let me explain. We put it before God, this image that, try, that we try to project, this image of righteousness, because someone else we have elevated who we deem as unrighteous before God. God, I'm not, I'm not JC. You know what JC did. You know JC. I ain't talking about Jesus Christ. I'm talking about Juan Carlos. I'm doing better than him. We look at people around us and we measure ourselves to people around us. In fact, there are a host of preachers that you can always find in the scandal. That, listen, they're, they're out there on, they're on the news now. I'm not saying any names. And whether they did something or not, there's always someone that you can look at. It's easy for us to look at and say, well, at least they ain't him. No, you are you. They are who they are. The only reason that you and I can stand before a holy God and enjoy a relationship with him is because of the covering of Jesus' righteousness over my filthy rags. His covering and his covering alone allows us to stand before God. What Jesus has to weigh the truth and the life, Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I think on this far right side, I think the first thing that Jesus said, Jesus says that I am the... Oh, Lord, I don't... Jesus said that I am the... And in case, could you guys hear them over there? You heard them say what? Jesus is the... All right, but Jesus is also the, and Jesus is also, so Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and, and no one comes to the Father except through him. So if you don't mind, repeat this with me. Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm going to pause for a second. I know some of us don't, listen, some, some of us are still learning who is who and whatnot. But uh, if, if you don't mind, if someone is sitting next to you, uh, and even if they're four chairs down the line, if you don't mind, and, and let me show you how I look. Okay, I'm Mary. Could you tell him that verse? You don't have to move. Say it to him. Jesus said, I am the way, truth, and life. I love it. I love it. So, Rashawn, you don't, you don't mind, T tell, tell your husband. <laughs> and then see, he would turn around and tell it back to her. <laughs> she said, say it in your sexy voice. <laughs> You did it? Listen, if you all don't mind, say it to someone now. And I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to do something. 
maybe the first time. And I want you all to hear me with all, all sincerity. I will never, ever knock you, never look down on you for not sharing the gospel in the past. I never will. If you secretly came to me and said, hey, I haven't shared the gospel in 30 years, I promise you, I would not look down on you. Never would. But I know, I know God wants us to notify the world, especially this society that we live in, this Western society, that there's multiple ways. He wants us to tell people that only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one, no one, no one, no one can get to him except you go through my son. You got to deal with my son. See, some people want God, but I don't want to deal with the son. That's why some people get agitated. You go to certain places, you mention Jesus' name, they get all upset and whatnot, but yet still they tell you they believe in God. Now, of course, we ain't talking about the same God, but some people don't mind the concept or the idea about God, but they got a problem with Jesus. I got a problem with him. I got a problem. And why would they have a problem with someone who loved him so much who did nothing but good for them? Oh, man. And, but Jesus said, oh, my goodness. I, I, I. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And he says in John chapter 6, verse 47, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9 says, and having been perfected, he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And also, I love John chapter 10, verse 10. If you went through the Bible study class with us on John, John chapter 10, verse 10 says this, I came that they may have life and have life abundantly. I came that they may have life and have life abundantly. And Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Remember, I was talking about that huge guff between man and God. And the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Eventually, if you don't change path, remember when I was talking about that wide road? If you do not get off that wide road next time, if you're riding down 285 or 85 or 75, any one of those roads, I want you just to look at how wide the lanes are. Five and six and seven, six, all these wide lanes that you see cars going back and forth. Man, there's this road tight it's not wide it's not loaded with a lot of people not in perspective to who are on that wide road now the good news is everyone is born on that wide road but there's an exit ramp and people are going to tell you, no, there are several exit ramps. You can get off here, you can get off here, you can get off here. If you put in more work over here and just do good deeds, you can get off there. No. There's only one exit ramp. It's only one way, and it's Jesus. You have to go to him, and you have to go through him. But he not only, listen, he doesn't just directs you, he guides you, he walks you to the Father. He gives you access to the Father. In fact, when you speak to the Father, he's right there on the right side. That's Jesus. And so the wages of sin is death. Oh, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what will you do with this way? What will you do with this truth? What will you do with life? Will you be like a man, it's an older gentleman that I read about, went to the doctor, the doctor checked him out, and then the doctor gave his prognosis, the doctor said, Hey, your health is declining fast. He says, you're going to have to change what you eat. You will have to change your diet. And he gave the older man a list of foods to eat 
and a list of foods to no longer eat. The man, when he was leaving, he called his sons. He knew that his sons would be concerned about him. And so he shared with his sons the prognosis that the doctor gave, and he also shared what the prescription would be. And his sons uh, said, thank you, Dad, for letting us know. Well, a few weeks went by, and one of the sons, he called his dad. He says, Dad, a few weeks ago, you went to the doctor, and the doctor gave you some instructions. I'm calling to see how things are going. And the dad said, I just changed doctors. Why don't you deal with the reality of your situation? See, you trying to change a doctor, trying to go a different route, different course, it won't work. There's only one way for your and my sin issue. Jesus and Jesus alone. You can't fix it up. There may be someone here today saying, hey, preacher, when I gather myself, when, when things fall back in place, when I get my family back in alignment, when I get myself back in alignment, when I stop drinking, when I stop, uh, stop looking at pornography, when I stop going to these bars, when I stop gambling with my money, when I stop lying, when I stop stealing, when I stop messing around, when I stop practicing sexual immorality, once I clean myself up, once I get it all together, then I'm, I want to present myself to the church and I want to present myself to Jesus. I want to get saved. But see, you're depending upon your self-righteousness. Do you know he wants you just the way you are now? I want you to know that if you are addicted to drugs, alcohol, pornography, if you lie, if you steal, if you cheat, if you're doing those things, do you know Jesus says, I, I, I want you now. I want to have supper with you now. I want you now. And let me work in you. Let me work with you. I, listen, I, 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 I don't want you to get stuck with just believing me, but I want you to trust yourself over to me. Give yourself over to me. And I'm going to give myself over to you and I'm going to give you access to my father. But I even got something else. I'm going to comfort you. Oh, not with just words. In a person. For you will be indwelt with the person of the Holy Spirit, the comforter. That's God. That's what he wants for you right now.